The ideas, procedures, and suggestions contained within this podcast are not intended as a substitute for consulting with a medical professional. All matters regarding your health and fitness require medical consultation and supervision. Welcome to the Warrior Wellness Podcast, a podcast for military members, veterans, and first responders focusing on fitness, health, nutrition, and biohacking. Our mission with this podcast is to introduce America's heroes to lifestyle habits and hacks that will help them live healthier, happier lives, and in turn, be fit enough to continue their support of their communities and country. Well, Susan Bratton, thank you so much for being on the Warrior Wellness Podcast. And I'm sure this we could spread this out to like a nine-hour podcast, but we're going to be very focused and <laughs> focus on your sexual intimacy expertise here. And especially, so here's here's the hook, and hopefully everybody listening will uh, tune in because they have to know this stuff, what men should know about female desire and maybe what women would love for you to know about men to know about female desire. So maybe the things that women can't articulate or are a little embarrassed to, guess what? Susan's going to tell you all of those things today on this podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Susan. Thank you, Steph. It's so great to be here with you today. I think about myself as a wellness warrior too. Um, I feel like a warrior and I'm really into wellness. And when I heard that you decided to have me on your show, I was really happy to be here. First of all, um, I, I really pr- appreciate and support the military, first responders, our, everyone in service to keeping us going as a country. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that I think is so interesting is that there's been a lot of, you know, bifurcation in our country that's been happening right now on the political side of things. And and yet, and when we go down to an individual level, everyone is doing the best they can do. But one of the things that's super interesting is that the oxytocin hormone that's created when people have skin-to-skin contact and make love and are intimately connected, not only does it bond us to our lover, but it makes us less annoyed with everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I'm here for generating more great close intimacy and connection. So we're just less annoyed with all humanity and we all get along better. And all of your listeners have less work to do. (laughs) Yes. Yes. When you're having good sex, all is right in the world, right? (laughs) It really does feel like that, doesn't it? I mean, I I count sex up there in the pantheon with good health, love of friends and family, um, joy of the arts, music, you know, dance, all of the, the beauty of life, nature, and movement. Uh, you know, whether it's muscle building or taking a hike or what have you, and our spirituality, whatever that looks like for us. I mean, these are really the things that are the extraordinary, beautiful parts of being a human alive on this earth. And good sex is a God-given right for all of us. But Mm -hmm. so much gets in the way of having it. And one of the big things that gets in the way is that when you are a masculine, you are testosterone dominant. You are you you have morning wood when you're healthy. You have, and I'm sure Dr. Gappin and Dr. Brandeis, who you recently had on, who are both good friends of mine. Um, I love the urologist. Trust me, um, they've probably you know talked a lot about how important it is to have nighttime erections and good morning wood and all that's the sign of health and everything. So guys, they wake up when they're healthy with a good erection and men are also biologically wired to masturbate every day. And so they're thinking about sex every day where us female bodied people, we're on a 28 day cycle. We run with the moon and the wolves, right? We're wolf women. And, and even though we could be, we could get turned on at any time, we're not horny every day like our guys are. 
I have young men who write to me because I've been an intimacy expert for two decades now. This is actually my second career. I'm in my 60s. And in my 40s, I had a sexual awakening with my husband where we realized how great sex could be. We'd started learning skills. And um, so I've been answering my newsletter readers' questions for decades now. And guys write to me all the time. I'm so horny. I can't stand it. What do I do? When is this going to end? And I have to write back to them and say, if you're healthy, it's never going to end and you don't want it to end. And you have to, certainly you have to take care of your needs, but you also can channel that energy into doing good things to help other people, you know, get out of your small world and get into the big world and start putting your, all that built up energy into doing good and doing well. And they don't always like that answer. They want an instant fix. Like everyone <laughs> wants a pill, you know, Stephanie, but oh, um, goodness. But we women, you know, we're estrogen dominant. And so we are worried about things. We have our mind on a million things. Testosterone makes our male bodied partners super focused and goal oriented. They get about one thing, not two things. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm generalizing here, of course, because everything's on a spectrum. Everything's on a big bell curve. But the generalizations help people see things in light and understanding their opposite partners, you know, behaviors. Um, we women, we can want sex at any time, but we're not ready to go. And the other thing that happens is that for guys, they when they get turned on, which doesn't take much when they're healthy, they get an erection very quickly. Within a minute or two, they can be ready to go. Where for women, we have as much erectile tissue. If you took, if you think about a banana and you think, okay, that, that's basically my penis here, okay? And I peel away the skin and the fruit is left. That, that's most of the banana. That's the erectile tissue. Penis is mostly spongy tissue that fills with blood. And half of it is sticking out of a man's body and half of it actually goes in and down toward their testicles. So they've got double what you see, and that's all erectile tissue. So they really need all that blood flow. They have all that blood flow. Boing, they're ready to go. Take that same banana. Now make it into a circle. Make a donut out of it, a round thing, just as thick and fat. Put that, wrap that around your vaginal canal, and that's what we have as women. Our vagina is completely surrounded with erectile tissue. And but it's kind of nooks and crannies. I joke, and this makes my mouth water every time I say it, but the woman's genitals are like an English muffin. You know how you get that English muffin out of the, out of the pack, out of the fridge, and you open it, you split it, and it's cold, and it's not cooked. And you put it in the toaster, and it pops up, and it's not quite brown enough. Never gets brown enough on the first press of the toaster. So you press it down again, it pops up, then it's nice and crispy and has that wonderful toastiness to it. You put it on the plate, the butter's hard from the refrigerator. So you're like pushing down, you get the butter, you put it on one side and you smash the two sides of the English muffin together. And then what do you do? You wait for all the butter to melt into the nooks and crannies and then you get to eat the muffin. And that's how our genitals are. It takes us 20 or 30 minutes of pleasuring and turn on to get all the butter to melt into or the blood to run into the all of the places that it is. Because the women, our, our female genitals are basically the any version, but we have a clitoral structure not just the tip that we're used to seeing there's it's buried pleasure in there it's if i took the clitoris out of our body and laid it in our hand it would cover our palm the whole clitoris is like a small organ and that's one of three erectile tissue structures the second one is our urethral sponge which some people call a g spot but it's not a spot it's a long tube like a pool noodle the kids whack each other with in the pool and then we have a perineal sponge between our vagina and our rectum. So we're literally surrounded with erectile tissue. 
but we need the butter to melt into the nooks and crannies. We need that pleasuring and foreplay time. And so one of the things that I like to tell people to do is to reframe their thinking that there's foreplay and then there's sex. First of all, I like people to even think about foreplay because I don't want people to have the kind of sex that I call grab a boob and stick it in. That's <laughs> not good, Stephanie. No, that, there's not. no butter melting there. There's uh -uh. not even any toast. That's not even the first press of the toaster, right? That's right. just the cold English muffin and that ain't no fun for her. So I don't even like people to think about lovemaking as foreplay and sex because then the sex is focused on, inter on intercourse. When you think about sex as being all the things, the kiss, the holding, the hugging, the kissing, the breast play, the genital fondling, the, you know, just the oral pleasuring, the intercourse. When you go from, I'm going to do what I have to do to penetrate to I'm just going to enjoy the whole pleasure ride. I'm taking my time. I'm just connecting. I'm not in a hurry. There's no goal. Every day is different because it is for a woman, especially every day, our bodies want something different. And honestly, we're not always up for being penetrated. That's not always what we want. So especially for women who haven't yet learned how to have orgasms just from intercourse, every orgasm is a learned skill. We're not born orgasming. We come to our or orgasms are inside us and they want to come out. We come to them over time. And as we mature, if we keep our focus on our sexuality, we can begin to expand our orgasmic potential and awaken and enliven our genital system such that we can have 20 different kinds of orgasms. Orgasms from intercourse, penetration orgasms being one of the 20. Simply a learned skill. All women can do it. And it's easy to do once you know you can, and there's nothing wrong with you. And you're just, you, a lot of women are like, I'm just not the kind of girl that can come from intercourse. And then their partner is like, well, I guess she's just not going to be able to come from intercourse. And then she's like, well, I want to have intercourse with him because at least it's nice. We're close. And he really likes it. And then 10 years later, she's like, man, I don't know if I want to have sex anymore. This is just not good for me. And then she's slowing down. She's giving him mercy sex you know, if she made it to 10 years, honestly. And it's because it's because of this thing that Dr. Lori Mintz wrote. Uh, she did a TED talk called The Orgasm Gap, which I thought was a great way to define this, which is the gap is the difference between, between how easy it is for guys to have orgasms from intercourse and how hard it is for women, only because nobody's talking about the English muffin effect that... We need to be slowly aroused. And I want to talk about libido, desire, and arousal because I want people to understand how to close that gap, cross the gasm chasm, so that when you make love, when you're orally pleasuring each other, when you're getting genital stroking and massage, yoni massage is what I like to call it. Have you heard that term, yoni? I have never heard of that. No. So in tantric lovemaking, they we call the the female genital system a yoni, y o n i, and I like that sometimes better than vulva because vulva's kind of, vagina is just just the birth canal and 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 that's all that is. The vulva is the outer parts, including all of the genital system and all the erectile tissue. But they're kind of medical terms. And I like the word yoni, Y-O-N-I, because it's like my little yoni, you know, it sounds like a sparkle <laughs> rainbow pony. And it's also just a sweet term and uh, not crass, you know, and the lingam is the male body in Tantra. 
it's the penis and the testicles. So lingam and yoni, those are nice. So a yoni massage is manual massage and pleasuring of all that tissue, not just a focus on the clitoris. So many women, they have sex with their partner and he gives her a little kiss and a little hug and he goes down on her and he puts his tongue right on the tip of her clitoris and you know she's not ready for that and and then and then you know two minutes later he's penetrating her and she's not ready for that and then he wonders why she doesn't want as much sex as he does so one of the things that i like to teach lovers is something i call my bullseye touch technique because men are goal-oriented naturally with their testosterone and they are single-minded, they want to shoot for the center of the bullseye, which is why they immediately touch the clitoris and they immediately penetrate us with their penis. They've never touched our outer labia. They've never rubbed our moms. They've never tickled our little inner labia. They haven't even done that, but I want them to start even further afield. I want them to think about stroking our hair and kissing our cheeks and kissing our eyelids and kissing our neck and holding us and hugging us. I want them to stroke our back and our buns and stroke our belly and our thighs and the inside of our thighs and our groin. I want them to touch our chest and not just grab our nipples, touch our breasts and hold them and play with them and palpate them and stroke them. Because when you kiss and you touch breasts, it's actually in the nervous system connected to arousal of the clitoral structures, the erectile tissue structures in the vulva. So you're actually stimulating blood flow from the inside out. And then when you come down to the yoni and you touch the mons, the belly, the mons, the groin, the outer labia, the inner labia, before you ever touch the clitoris or enter the vestibule you're awakening all of that tissue you're sending you're, you're bringing blood flow we women need as much blood flow as our male body partners do i'm sure when you talk to dr gappen and dr brandeis they were telling you about gains wave they were telling you about how blood flow and nitric oxide supplementation is so important mm -hmm. and it's equally important for our female bodied partners. We have as much erectile tissue as our men do. We have loss of blood flow as we age. We, our nitric oxide gets impacted by using antibacterial mouthwash, taking acid blockers and proton pump inhibitors, not eating enough leafy green vegetables and beetroot. So when we have loss of blood flow, we have loss of lubrication. We have dryness of the yoni and painful sex. We have diminished orgasm, more difficulty achieving climax. We begin to have incontinence, which is why Gaines Wave also makes Femi Wave, which is fantastic. I've, I've had Femi Wave treatments and I, at 61, am so wet. It's crazy. Like wetter than when I was in my 20s. It's unbelievable. And what's interesting about it is that Though how lubricated you are has no correlation to how turned on you are, you can be super turned on as dry as a bone, which is frustrating as hell. Yeah, yeah. But when you're wet, you feel more turned on. So using the bullseye touch technique gives us the time that our body takes to get into arousal. And there's a couple more things. Can I keep going or do you want me to stop? Do you need to get a word in edgewise here? No, yeah, no, I love so that. Yeah, just so, so just to like summarize the point. Yeah. Take your time, yes. right? Don't rush yeah. and understand. I'm talking to the men here. Understand that women take a little bit longer. You know, you got to warm it up a little bit longer than you do. So Way and longer. and there's so many different erogenous zones all over the body. You know, when you just go straight for, you know, the vagina or the clitoris, you're missing out on probably, I would say, you know, you would probably, you know, way better than me, but like hundreds of erogenous zones yeah. that you could be touching and, and, you know, getting all of that, that warmness and blood flow ready. So then the next step is. Yeah. <laughs> 
Right, exactly. So the bullseye touch technique, working from the outside in, kissing, breast play, and reassuring your woman that her breasts are beautiful. You know, we are confronted with fake boobs everywhere. They're up here. They're perfectly round. They're giant ice cream scoops. They don't move. And though most men are like, I like all boobs. I like fake boobs. I like real boobs. I like small boobs. I like big boobs. I just like boobs. Everybody likes boobs. Women feel like there's something wrong with them if they're not, if they don't have these perfect breasts. And in reality, men love women's bodies. They love our breasts. They love our butts. They love our thighs. They love our belly. They just, they love our curves. They, they don't necessarily want us to be hard bodies. They, they like the feminine form. But women being estrogen dominant, we are worried. Our safety and security is always a fear for us. We are prey, not the predator in life. And estrogen makes us nervous. It makes us keep our mind on a lot of things. That's why we need our male bodied partners to provide safety and security, to reassure us, to adore us, to verbally tell us what they love us. One of the things that I find, and I think this is very, very common, and most women would really appreciate this, is that when I'm beginning a lovemaking date with my partner of 31 years, even now, after all this time, and I'm a massively confident woman, I run, I'm a CEO of two companies, I'm a sex expert, I don't have performance anxiety, particularly, every once in a while I do. Um, you know, I've got it, I've got everything going for me. And I still need to hear from my husband, what he loves and adores about me before we start making love. I need the reassurance, the adoration, the appreciation and the acknowledgement that I'm sexy to him. And I need that verbally. It's yes. not enough for me to, I don't know it. Yeah, I mm -hmm. know it, but I need to hear it. And women need that because it gets us out of our head, out of our monkey mind, out of our, we're doing a million things because that's what estrogen is. It's a multi-massive, multi-processing unit that keeps us safe and is very judgy and insecure. And we're very hard on ourselves. We judge ourselves. Oh, I'm fat. My butt looks fat. My boobs are saggy. There's cellulite. He's not going to think I'm sexy, et cetera, et cetera. Dudes with their testosterone gives them rose-colored goggles. A, they don't see those flaws. B, if you're healthy, I mean, there's a point at which you have to take care of yourself. And there's too many people out there who are not eating nutritious food, who are not doing a good job of exercise. And, um, you know, if you have a partner, partner like that, who's too tired for sex, who's, you know, not healthy, not eating well, not taking care of themselves, you have to have a talk with them. I mean, it's a commitment to health to be in a partnership. And you should not feel bad about that. That is something that you need to help your partner with often because they're too ill, too sick. They've eaten too much white flour, too much sugar, had too much alcohol. They're addicted to their sodas, their whatevers. They're addictions. And you have to help your partner move through that and support them, sometimes literally by making them food and throwing out the junk in the house because they don't have the energy to have sex because libido is the other side of the same coin as your health. Your libido is directly correlated to your health level, your health meter. I'm healthy on a scale of one to 10. My libido is a scale of one to 10. And so when women struggle to calm down and they worry about their body image, it's the estrogen because testosterone in those rose colored goggles makes him ready secure aware he thinks he's better than he is in all honesty most men think they're a seven or an eight in bed and they're a three or a four where most women think they're a five or a six and they're a five or a six <laughs> it's very very interesting that men overestimate their you know their their skill they literally don't know what they don't know. So they don't know how little they know about sexuality because they're still in the sex is intercourse, grab a boob and stick it in. I don't understand why she's not ready. She's rejecting me for sex. Well, that's too big an offer for her. If she's rejecting you for sex. There's two reasons. Number one, you haven't done all of the other things to get her ready to want sex. 
And that is your masculine role. I mean, I wish it weren't true, but when you get, when you get into the victim mindset and you get like, oh, she rejected me, she didn't reject you. She's just not a horn dog like you are, dude. You can get her there. You just have to help her warm up. And one of the biggest things that I tell guys is slow down. You're way out ahead of us. Turn around, come back and get us and get us where you are. We need you to get us turned on. Yeah, it's our responsibility too. It's our responsibility to keep ourselves healthy and look beautiful for you. Like when you met us, it's our responsibility to flirt with you, have intimacy, passion, hold hands, wiggle our naked bodies in front of you so you can look at us, sit on your lap naked and play with you, grab your butt and your package. You know, it's our job to keep it going too. But we're not ready to go. And so when you turn around and come back and get us and slow down, slow down some more, because we've got to climb that arousal ladder. And that's the English muffin baking time. And we're not where you are. And you can't be mad at us because we're not where you are. You have to help us get there. That's what we need. Get us out of our head, into our body, reassure us, make it safe, slow down, hold us and take us up the ladder. Do the bullseye touch technique. These are really just reframes of guys just get so pissed off at women, their partners, and take it so personally. And then yeah. once you're good at that, there's two things I want to give you. One of the books that I wrote, I've written 44 books and programs. It's unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> I know. And um, one of the books that I've written, that's one of my most popular, you can, you can get it on Amazon, but I'll give you a link to download it for free, a PDF version of it. It's called Sexual Soulmates, The Six Essentials to Connected Sex. And in that book, and, it, and it's at sexualsoulmatesbook.com. So you can put that in the show notes. One of the six essentials is something I call the sexual soulmate pact, P-A-C-T, an agreement between partners. Because a lot of women say to me, I don't know what I want, but I know what I'm getting isn't it. But I'm not going to say anything because I don't know what to tell him to do. I just don't really like what's going on, but I'm going to put up with it. Because if I ever give him any feedback, he gets butt hurt. He has a little meltdown, he contracts, he checks out, he takes it as an insult, he takes it personally, he takes it as, uh, you know, he did something wrong, he thinks he's a failure, and I just can't put, I just can't deal with his drama on that, so I just keep my mouth shut and I don't say anything and I take what I can get and I do my best. And that is the absolute worst thing to do because every time you do that, you're putting another brick in the wall of your future sexless marriage or sex, sexless sex life, <laughs> a sexless relationship. So the sexual soulmate pact, it's a two word phrase that ignites passionate lovemaking. And it is a way for women to start to listen to their body's own communication to tap into their intuition. Your yoni is talking to you all the time. It knows if it's too hard, too fast, you're not ready, it's too slow, you want it hurried, it's too deep, it's too shallow, something hurts, it's too scratchy, you like that, keep going, don't stop till I say so, whatever, move up to the left, can you also play with my nipple while you're doing that? We know all those things. We could be communicating all those things with you right now if you would let us do it without collapsing. So you have to remember that there's no such thing as failure. It's all feedback to make you a better lover. And when you can get your woman, this two words, I'm going to, I'm not telling you the two words. I'm going to make you go get it and read it because there's nuances in this. It's a very short little, little chapter in the book, sexual soulmate pact. I'm sorry, sexual soulmates book.com. Um, it's called the sexual soulmate pact. And you'll find that I think it's chapter two. Um, that is when you start telling her, you say those two words to her, it encourages her so much to keep talking to you and giving you feedback. 
When you realize that now you're winning, now you're doing an incredible job, now she's loving it, it just changes everything. Because no matter how many techniques you have, they're useless. They're totally useless. I don't care how good a lover you think you are. I don't think how bad I don't care how badass you think your oral skills are or how great your lovemaking skills are. If she's not telling you, if there's not a running commentary between the two of you, if you're totally silent, if everything's shut down, if you're basically just doing the old in and out, you're not even touching and running your hands on each other. You're not introducing toys into the pleasuring. You're not trying new things. You're not learning new skills because you don't talk. That's where you have to start. And it is the, it is the masculine leadership. It's masculine sexual leadership to get her talking, to let her know it's okay and to reward her for doing so for making you her hero. And the thing I know about men is that they will give up their pleasure for her pleasure. One of the things that I've recently put together, because techniques and communication skills are good, but what couples want are fun, erotic play dates. They want fun things to do in the bedroom that keep them learning new things together, keep the new relationship energy high, keep incrementing their skills and making them better lovers, so they can get what is what is on what I call the upward pleasure spiral, where sex keeps getting better and better your whole life long. Because as, as you heard from Dr. Gappin and Dr. Brandeis, there's ways to keep your genitals ageless. And so with the combination of regenerative therapies and treatments like Gainswave and FemiWave and vacuum erection devices like the Whopper, um, I don't think either of those guys probably talked as enough about penis pumps for both reversing atrophy, increasing firmness, and enlarging the penis over time. Um, but I have a guide to penis enlargement at pumpingguide.com that I think is really, really important for guys to keep their package working. It's also the budget version. So if you can't afford to go get a Gaines Wave or a Femi Wave, you can use the pump to do it. And that's really nice. It's kind of an at-home DIY tool for penis enlargement and penis firmness. Um, those things are all really important. And if you keep your genitals and your health in good in good condition, you get better and better as a lover over the, over time if you keep learning new things. And so I created a download with 48 erotic play date ideas for couples. It's called Sex Life Bucket List. It's at sexlifebucketlist.com. And you download it and I give you a video. You can watch the video yourself or with your partner if you're lucky enough to have one. And I walk you through all these 48 things you could learn and do in the bedroom with a lover. And some of them are even solo pleasuring. Many of them are solo pleasuring. So you can keep working on your sex life even without a partner. And if you have a partner, you can work your lists. A's are all the things you're definitely going to want to put on your bucket list. Mark a B next to the things that if you, you, it wasn't on your bucket list, but if your partner wanted to do it, you would definitely do it with them. And C's are, it's not for me right now, maybe in the future. And what's great is that guys say, if I say to, the, say to them, what's on your bucket list? They're like, all her stuff first. And then I also want to do X, Y, and Z. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> they really do want to give us incredible pleasure. And so when they understand, oh, okay, I'm going too fast and I'm not making up, I'm not making myself easy to talk to. I'm not making myself easy to get feedback. I'm not facilitating communication and I'm pushing her too fast, too soon, too hard. I'll slow down and I'll start to teach her how to tell me what she needs. All of a sudden, whew, everything gets better. Sorry, <laughs> and unmute myself. Now I love that. That's exciting. I can't wait to download that. I think that would be really fun for me and my husband to go through. That's that's oh, really yeah. neat. You keep it fresh. So, and I love that. I mean, what a concept. Communication. <laughs> I mean, so just say what you want. Say what you like. Say what you don't like. You know, and, hey, touch me here instead of there. Maybe softer. I mean, it it really just comes down to the fundamentals of communication. And hearing each other and, and, and hearing each other's needs and, and for women out there, you know, who are very good at not talking about their own needs and putting everybody else before you, this is your time, ladies, to talk about what you need and what you want 
So if you don't do it anywhere else in your life, you need to be doing it in the bedroom. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, um, you had mentioned, and and I have never talked about this before on the podcast, and I'd heard about it, and I'm really intrigued. So just for you know the last few minutes of the podcast, can you talk a little bit about how um, I I know there's we're very concerned about our you know for, as women our you know our vaginal you know dryness issues or lubrication and you know, should we, you know, what kind of lube should be, would we, should we be using, you know, should we not be using lubes, you know, and then there's this concept of gut uh, vaginal microbiomes. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that so we can give, you know, women that, that kind of information that might be helpful to them? Most definitely. So a couple of things, one is that you need to work on your microbiomes your whole life. It's not a kind of thing where you get to a point where you're like, well, my microbiome's perfect because we're always working on getting rid of pathogens, keeping the bad bacteria down, keeping the bad funguses out like candidas, the yeasts and things like that. And we're always working on upgrading the good probiotic microbiome and um, making sure we're pooping really well. We're pooping every day. We're pooping super easily. The poops look good. Um, if they don't, you got to work on it. The minute they don't, you got to work on it. And in today's world, we're assaulted by um, disruptions and toxins to our bodies, antibiotics and all kinds, antibacterial mouthwash, get rid of it. You don't need Listerine. It ruins the oral microbiome, which is attached to the gut biome, which is attached to the vaginal and the prostate microbiome. So we're a system. So keeping the, keeping the carbs low, keeping the, you know, no white flour, it's suicide. White flour will catch up with you and bite you in the ass. Um, keeping a real limit on your alcohol consumption. Alcohol consumption is, has really crept up and crept up and crept up. If you can't, if you don't normally go a day without a drink, you, you really need to cut back on that. It's just ruining your gut and ruining your life and ruining your health. Um, even vaping now, so many people are doing vaping. That's a cardiovascular risk. It's going to give you erectile dysfunction. And when I say ED, women get ED the same as men. We have innies instead of outies. We can't get the blood flow to our pelvis. We can't get the climax we have. We've lost the lubrication. That's what it is. It's a loss of blood flow. So the vaginal microbiome Interestingly enough, there's a couple of things. Number one, if you get a bladder infection, don't take an antibiotic. Go to my website, personallifemedia.com and do my UTI formula, which is essentially black coffee and baking soda and a hot pad to start. That gets rid of the symptoms right away. While you can start taking D-manose, which is, and sometimes it comes with cranberry in it, cranactin. Um, D-manose is a sugar, but it's a non-glycemic sugar that 90% of UTIs are, are E. coli and E. coli loves D-mannose. And so when you flood the urinary tract with this D-mannose, the E. coli are like these little, these little Velcro balls and they're stuck on the mucosal lining of your urinary tract. And when you're peeing out the D-mannose, they're like, yummy. And they grab onto the D-mannose molecule and you piss them right out. You do not have to do a, a shotgun nuclear bomb explosion of antibiotics in your body to get rid of a couple of E. coli in your UTI tract. You can flush them out, which is fantastic. And then when you get vaginal dysbiosis, you're usually either getting a yeast overgrowth, which means you got to cut back on the booze, the carbs, the sugars, right? You're eating too much sugar. It's inflammation. It's going to lead to diabetes. It's going to shut down your nervous system. You're going to be fat, old, miserable, and ugly. So, I mean, I, tough love, right? Real talk. I mean, our nutrition is fucking killing us. So we have to be very careful. So when you disrupt your vaginal microbiome, it's usually either a bacterial overgrowth or a yeast overgrowth. The vagina is, uh, it needs a high acid uh, pH. And what I recommend that women do is get the women's probiotics. 
and open the capsule and pour it into your hand and take a little bit. And I'm going to go talk about the lubes too. One of the lubes I like is organic nut oils, sweet almond, jojoba, uh, refined avocado oil. They're very inexpensive. They have no preservatives. They're just straight up oil from real food. You can pour a little bit of that into your hand and make a paste and then paste, take the paste and swirl it up inside your vagina as high up there as you can get, get all the way up in there and swirl that up there. Sleep, get up the next morning, take what is a douche bottle is not the thing on the shelf at CVS or Target or Walmart. It's not the thing with chemicals in it and fragrances in it. Never use that. But a douche bottle is just a squeeze bottle with a, with a little, a little, um, what's the word I want, Steph? A little, um, just like, like a, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's funny. I'm stuck on that word too. <laughs> yeah. Just like a little prong, a little squeezy yeah. thing that goes up inside your vagina. We'll think yeah. a nozzle. A nozzle. Yeah. <laughs> a nozzle. You just put fresh water in the bottle and then rinse your vagina out mm-hmm. and then get one of those yeast arrest boron supplements and put it up there the next night put the paste up there again in the morning rinse it out and that's going to re-establish the microbiome the vaginal microbiome with the good bacterias and it's going to get rid of the pathogens and so you don't need to take antibiotics to fix these problems whether it's a yeast or it's a some kind of an another bacteria a vaginal bacteria um try that first before moving to antibiotics because then you're blowing up your whole micro your gut everything so these grandma home remedies work very very well 99 percent of the time and um i think that's super helpful also for women who get a lot of recurrent utis um they could have low estrogen also the birth control is suicide don't take the pill use a fertility awareness method which is um, basically taking your temperature in the morning and um, you get an app like Daisy is a really good brand of fertility awareness where it's a little thermometer that goes in your vagina before you get out of bed. It goes into the app on your phone and it tells you your five day fertile window during that five days use a condom or abstain from intercourse. A lot of times you're not even necessarily with your partner certain five days when you're fertile and then you won't conceive And it's great for contraception. And it's also great for understanding your period cycles or try a non-medicated IUD, intrauterine device. It has no birth control on it. It's just a, not a barrier method, but it's basically a, a way that it kind of tells your uterus that it's not good to make a baby right now. Those are the two safest things. That's what I have my daughter using is an IUD because non-medicated, a copper IUD, unless you have a copper sensitivity, then go to the fertility awareness method. So this is like, we're not taking pills to fix stuff. We're not taking pharmaceuticals. We're keeping it clean. We're keeping it natural. We're letting our body do the work of healing and prevention of pregnancy. And so I think that those kinds of things are very important things to understand that we're moving into an era where taking a pill to instantly fix something is actually doing more harm than giving yourself the time and the tools that your body needs to simply get healthy itself. Amen. <laughs> is that helpful? Yes, that's a that's a mic drop. Boom. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Oh, I like a mic drop. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> Why, and I can definitely say from self, you know, from, for myself, I used to have, I mean, since I was a teenager um, and I was told this was genetic, you know, when I was younger, you know, constant UTIs, I must've had them once every, every month or, or every couple months and constant yeast infections or bacterial mm-hmm. infections. And I thought it was just my lot in life. I got bad genes. That's what I had been told by the doctors and constantly going on medications and antibiotics. And, you know, this went on for years. Heartbreaking. And yeah. And, and it's like, and then when I finally, you know, educated myself about these things and it's like, oh, okay, I need to stop consuming white flour and sugar and drinking alcohol and get off this birth control and, you know, work on healing my gut. And lo and behold, I haven't had one since. Good girl. I mean, and you know, when I changed everything 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. not a one. And Mm -hmm. and this was something I suffered with 
I basically on a monthly basis. I'm so happy to hear that your experience mirrors mine. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so great. So Yay. important. Yeah. For the women out there listening, if you struggle with that. There is hope and there's natural ways to, to deal with this and you can be free from them forever. So, yeah. and there are natural mm-hmm. remedies that they do occasionally pop up. And the other thing that I wanted to say too, about drinking and vaping, you know, a, a glass of wine here or there, a beer here or there, a, a cocktail here or there is, is it's not going to kill you if you're strong and you're healthy and all that stuff. But the, the habitual drinking, it really does, it, it make, gives you memory loss. It, it really, it, it ruins your sleep and vaping is, is tough on your body as well. But if you take cannabis, just the flower. And you grind that up and you don't smoke it, but you put it in a vaporizer. That's also called vaping, but that vaping is actually just a little heating unit that heats up and it it it, it releases the oils Oil, right. in mm-hmm. the plant. And when you ingest, when you smoke that in, because it's not burned, it's much less bad for you. I actually think cannabis is so less egregious than alcohol, and, but vaping it or smoking it or doing dabs, that's some strong ass stuff. And so just being much more careful with your body and what you do and just vaporizing the actual flower is a lot healthier. So if you, if you must do things, in moderation this is the best path to that Mm -hmm. yeah and i love those tips on the the uh the microbiome and putting the the probiotic and and just a little organic you know avocado oil what Mm -hmm. do you think about coconut oil you didn't include that i didn't very specifically coconut has a natural antibacterial property to it i don't Ah. recommend it as lubricant or intravaginally a lot of women are using coconut oil and i'm Mm -hmm. like switch to i like refined avocado oil uh refined means the green has been taken out so it won't stain your sheets or your lingerie Mm. that's my favorite and you can get it on amazon um or at h and b oil center I actually buy it by the half, I buy it by the liter and just fill a small bottle up over and over again. It's a lot cheaper. That was just cheap. Lubes are an FDA class two regulated product. They must have preservatives in them. So when you go to the store and you buy KY or any of these spicy things or what have you, or even things like the silicone, the Uber lubes and, and things like that. They're not natural ingredients. I always say, if you wouldn't put it in your mouth, don't put it in your vagina. They're two ends of the same tube. They're both biomes. They're both mucosal linings and they're both super sensitive and they're both sponges and they absorb everything right into your bloodstream, including all the preservatives and the chemicals and all that stuff. And we're trying to get get rid of the chemicals, not put more in. Mm -hmm. And if you're like, but wait, isn't that gonna ruin my condom? No. Don't use latex condoms, which most people are allergic to latex anyway, that rubber. Use polyethylene or polypropylene. Trojan Supras are a very good polyethylene, polypropylene condom that works great when you're worried about conceiving, but you want to use natural oils. And if you buy good quality sex toys, they have nicely produced silicone on them, which is almost, if you wash them after use, they last till you're sick of them anyway. So that's another thing too, that's um, something that I teach women a lot is how to do what I call orgasmic cross training. You know, you, you want to expand your orgasmic capacity as you age. You want to keep learning new ways to have orgasms from new types of stimulation. And um, there's really five different types of sex toys that I think every woman should have in her pleasure chest. She should have a, a, an air stimulator like the, the womanizer, which is like a clitoral sucker. She could have a liquor like the Volta from Fun Factory. She can have a G-spot toy. Uh, there's lots and lots of G-spot wands out there that are really good to awaken and explore your G-spot pleasuring. Um, if you want, I have a, um, 
a guide, a downloadable guide called G-Spot Joy, G-S-P-O-T-J-O-Y.com, G-Spot Joy. That is the best G-Spot tools and how to use them safely. Because the G-Spot likes pressure, not friction, but it's also very delicate and it's very curved up and around. You have to find it. And um, it's important to slowly awaken that and to find your G-Spot. So G-Spot Joy might be helpful for people. A vibrator, but what I like is a vibrator that is like a rabbit, internal and external simultaneously. So you're awakening the vaginal interior as well as the outer clitoral tip and shaft. Um, my favorite is a fun factory toy called the lady buy or the miss buy. The miss buy is small, the lady buy is bigger, just depending on the size of your vaginal you know, cavity. Mine's giant. Um, some women have tiny little ones, you know, so um, there's that. And then the last is a, a thruster or pulsator, which is an intravaginal stimulation that kind of goes in and out. And those are really helpful for especially women who are like, boy, I haven't had intercourse in so long. I'm worried it's fused shut or I'm having trouble having orgasms from intercourse. I need to awaken the internal vaginal system better so that there's more blood flow so that I can get more pleasure from intercourse. So those are really nice types of tools to have because if you have a solo pleasuring, you know, practice and you're going between these different types of stimulation, you're awakening all that tissue and then it's going to get engorged more quickly during lovemaking and you're going to be able to get more pleasure from partnered sex plus you can bring the toys in for partnered sex as well so um it's just a really good idea now to have a number of different devices that activate your different areas of your vulva because it's not just the tip of your clip with the 10,000 uh nerve endings it's there's nerve endings on on all your vulva once you get the blood flow in there and get that all plump and ready to go wow i love it susan we could go on for two more hours i think <laughs> i'll come back if you want me. <laughs> yes we got to have you back for sure you are definitely a a, a two plus timer for sure we've got to invite you back Sweet. Susan, Thanks. thank you so much. I learned so much. And um, all the links will be, and I typed out all those websites that you named while you were talking. So we'll have Great. those on the show notes. So thank you so much for being on the Warrior Wellness Podcast. Thank you for being a wellness warrior. <laughs> hey guys, thanks so much again for joining us on another episode of the Warrior Wellness Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe follow, like, all that good stuff on your favorite podcast platform or and on our YouTube channel. Go ahead and leave us a review while you're there. And if you screenshot your review, email it to info at fireteamwhiskey.com with your name and address. You'll be entered into our drawing for a prize for just leaving us a review. So let us know what we're doing great, what you'd like to hear more about. And please go ahead and just give us a follow and give us a honest review, especially on iTunes, because that helps us reach other military members, veterans, and first responders with this vitally important information about how to improve their health, fitness, and wellness. We will see you at the next episode of the Warrior Wellness Podcast. I am your podcast host, former Army Captain Stephanie Lincoln, founder of Fire Team Whiskey.